Oye, mi gente, you're... Dímelo, mi gente. Welcome back to the second season of Oye, mi gente podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with us and tuning in. This is Viv Moran. I'm a multimedia artist from South Jamaica, Queens, and your favorite tia. At this moment, I would like to start us off with our daily affirmation. I want to invite you all, my beautiful gods and goddesses who tune in every week. And if this is your first time listening welcome. I invite you to join in as well. Affirmation. I believe in my skills and talent. Now that we have charged our inner spirit crystals, I will now introduce our guest, Bianca Giovanna of Peruvian Durags. Mixed media artist Bianca Giovanna, professionally known as Peruvian Durags, is a native of Los Angeles. Peruvian Durags recently moved onto her family's farm in the mountain region of the desert where her family have been landowners for nearly a century. As a mixed media artist, this move was necessary in order to further her exploration of her Blackfoot and Peruvian Andean ancestry. Peruvian Durags creates artwork to heal the tattered aspects of her people. Her clothing, paintings, photography, film, music, and sculpture are reflective of the spiritual and symbolic artistry of ancient indigenous warrior masks that gives us, the viewer, or aware, strength, and or grounded sense of self. The color she creates in her paintings and clothing come from her 2,000-year-old ancestral practice and or mythology of crusting the color formation of rocks combines with a binder to connect and create a connection with the essence of the people that surround her during the moment of creation. Peruvian Durags believes that learning and teaching is fluid and thereby in constant flux. As a result, she can often be found teaching battered men and women calm through art therapy and impromptu light art performances. In her spare time, Peruvian Durags teaches healing arts to mentally compromised LA youth. Hi, Bianca. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. How are you feeling? Wonderful. I feel blessed to be here and a part of the show and sharing space with you. I'm so happy to have you here. Like, I've been trying to connect with um more people from like peruvian ancestry um mm. because i feel like you know growing up uh there wasn't much of um representation absolutely yeah. no i totally agree with you especially you know growing up in la um where the only latinos that you would see over here were mexicans or people from el salvador guatemala you like nobody ever knew what peru was what a peruvian was um you know I, people would always ask me if i spoke mexican or if i was from peruvia it was just it was always really yeah a trip totally, you know totally. being, you know peruvian in the states how's your spirit my spirit, you know, it's it's in constant it's in constant flux, you know, it 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 goes up and it goes down, you know, there's light and there's dark. You know, it's just constantly you know, it, it's just about balancing the two out, you know, so that 
I keep my sanity. Yeah, I totally <laughs> but, feel you on that. You know, um, but the art, the art, you know, the art helps me. And that's why, that's why I do it. You know, that's why I like to, to, to um, dip my finger in, a, in different mediums of artwork because it, it really does help me. You know, um, it, it just with my anxiety, with um, just like the, the, all of the, the pain that our people experience in this in this time, you know, um, this day and age and stuff and what's going on in the world. Art really is, is a beautiful thing, you know. Facts. I totally agree with you on that. To start the interview, I would like to offer you to take a deep breath with me. This interview may get a bit heavy, and I want to make sure I'm able to hold space for those feelings as well. Ready? Okay. I'm ready. Take a deep breath. Okay, let's start. Let's go back to your parents' story. Who are they? Where are they from? So um, my mother is originally from from Los Angeles. Um, her family comes from Texas, um, and that's where my the Blackfoot Indian side of me comes from, also known as Siksika tribe. Um, and that is that culture has been a huge, it has played a huge role in everything that I do. And it has given me the, the darkness in my skin, you know, so it's, um, it's everything. Uh, and she's a wonderful woman. She's an attorney. So I've always, I've been blessed to be around a woman with such a great, um, powerful mind, um, that has always, um, who's also an artist and that has always encouraged me to do to do art and create and just do whatever I wanted to do, you know, whatever I set my, my, my sights on, she wanted me to do that. And, um, and I love her for that. I, I, she's constantly inspiring me to this day. And, um, my father, um, who is Peruvian, he, um, he is from Callao, Peru, Mm. which is, yeah. Um, which is, in particular, Ica, La Punta, like mm-hmm. right there at the port, the the point, you know, the uh, the port where they would import and export products, slaves, you know, the like, fisherman port. Yeah, fisherman port. It's a lot of culture and history there. Uh, so much, um, so much history. And then I have some family that's from Puno as well. Um, so it's and that, but. But Callao in particular is a huge inspiration for me. And just the Peruvian culture, of course, is like, I mean, it's so rich. It's it's everything. And I'm so blessed to have um, to have a father that is from such a, a powerful country. You know, I mean, our people and our culture is is immense. You know, it's it's there's nothing like it. Um, for real. And yeah, and he he was a soccer player, professional soccer player, and he what? played. Yeah, yeah. So he played. Yeah, so I, like the soccer culture is like ingrained in me, even though I never played. But I, I like totally love no, it and appreciate I, it. I know you exactly know? what you mean. <laughs> you know? I know exactly you know? what you mean. It's like, oh my god, everything soccer, everything soccer and salsa. Like that's it. Like Facts. you know. 
So, Y'all don't want um, me to play soccer out there. I will fall and break uh, a leg. I yo, will fall and break a leg. <laughs> yo, like, I feel you. I so feel you. But it's a beautiful sport, and our team is doing so awesome. You know, they did so amazingly this year. So I'm like, oh, it's just I'm Yo, facts. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. like I've been so praying proud. for them, and I'm like, listen, Cholitos, y'all got to do know? it this time. <laughs> like, I know the history Seriously. of y'all, and y'all need to have confidence in yourself. Don't over-analyze mm-hmm. shit because y'all mm-hmm. know how y'all be. You guys are word, good for, word. like, one game and then a la mierda se va todo like i know i know (laughs) i know they just get excited i think they just get really excited (laughs) and i mean you can't blame them because it's like man it's been how long since they had like a championship or something mad long it's been mad long like a really long time yeah yeah so so i'm proud something years or something like that yeah yeah i think so Yes, and God bless this this new coach, the Elastino. He's so patient. <laughs> He's so cool. He He's is so, so cool. patient. He looked like he played no games. Right? Yeah, he seems cool. He's yeah. cool. He see, he created a really dope energy on the team. You could tell. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You so. Let's talk about your dad since he's um, yeah, of course the immigrant. Um, yeah. What was his oh, life yeah, he has like? A dope- Oh man, here's a trippy story. Um, so, growing up, you know, my my family we we had a farm actually out in Peru, uh-huh. um, and um, my grandfather, my great, well, yeah, my great grandparents, they were they ran this farm and they would go. I actually can't even I can't remember the city that the the main farm was in, but they lived in. Callao because they were you know doing the export import thing mm-hmm. you know um but I, I i have to ask him what the city was where the actual farm was in but but yeah so they were you know living there um back in the what how old was my dad probably like the you know 60s 70s that time period so it was it had started you know they had they were living good you know they were living really good like they they owned a like a lot of land and stuff my family was very very well off and they gave a lot of people a lot of a lot of jobs in that area which was really beautiful um my great grandma was like she was awesome she really ran things quite a bit especially after my grandfather died but but in particular after my grandfather died that's when things kind of started going south and you know there was crazy issues with the country and you know they had to sell everything and just like dip you know like they just said my grandma just had to take over and just like send the family over to to the states mm-hmm. you know because it just started getting really bad and um and so you know my dad ended up like you know he they they came over illegally you know and went through like mexico and like you know it was like super difficult scary sketchy ended up getting like caught all along the way and almost getting deported back i think he actually did get deported back and then ended up being able to come back because he um got into school got went to college in Mm -hmm. in la um what is it i think it was god i can't even remember like east la i think Mm -hmm. university um and so like the side he was playing soccer there and so they were like they helped 
they helped with with that process of him um, getting his citizenship. Well, well, they helped him get the visa to come over, you know, mm-hmm. and and to stay in the states and um, play and live out here. And then once he he graduated college um, and started working out here, he he became a social worker and um, started working in the regional centers with um, developmentally disabled people and then, you know, um, working um, in in those, like, those types of homes, you know. He ended up meeting my mother, who was also in, um, she worked in the same field, you know, helping, she was advocating for um, patients that were developmentally disabled that were being treated poorly you know in in living situations and my mother being an attorney she helped him get a green card (laughs) so yeah yeah so it was like a really awesome union you know right there and they they fell in love and and that's pretty much (laughs) all she wrote essentially um when it came no continue 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 oh yeah no no that was that was pretty much that was the story you know and then my you know, and they were together for a while, and then they split up and got remarried, and now, like, I have a beautiful half-sister who's Armenian and Peruvian, wow. and, yeah, so dope, so dope, I love her to death, and, you know, she's she's doing some awesome stuff, and I do, I create art with her, I use her as my muse quite a bit, too, and a lot of my artwork and um, some of my films and stuff, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the story. <laughs> Has your father ever spoken to you about, you know, his experience once he got here? Um, yeah, you know, he has. He he told me quite a bit. You know, he he definitely had quite a time, you know, similar to me. You know, nobody knew what Peru was or what a Peruvian was and you know, they just kind of categorized him as a Mexican and, um, you know, immediately put him in ESL and all of those, like, really typical types of classes and things. And um, he experienced a lot of, you know, honestly, I feel like he kind of had it a little better off because he played sports and he was good at them, you know. So I feel like a lot of those, like, athletes got kind of... um they got they got a little bit more help, <laughs> you know what I mean, and they they got a lot more like attention. I feel like it's because they were more valuable to to a certain degree, you know. Um, but like I feel like now that he's older and he's in the workforce and he's like working with um, you know like the man, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, now I feel like he experiences quite a bit of of. of um, discrimination in the workforce, you know, just being from another country and um, uh, um, just not being white. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, yeah. <laughs> like that's literally like it. You know, it 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 really it it affects you. It really truly does. Yeah, I feel and, like times have gotten like a lot worse. At least oh, yeah, before, like people were quieter about it Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. now it's just like all out in the open and people Mm -hmm. think that they can say whatever the hell they want Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. it's like um 
now it's like Jim Crow. Eye, yeah. Like, now you're like your eyes are like open to like mm-hmm. damn like this is what discrimination feels like even mm-hmm, though like mm-hmm. maybe you might have not experienced it directly um first immigrating mm-hmm, but now mm-hmm. it's just like fuck it's really like rampant no it's it's intense it's really 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 intense now you know and um and living honestly it's it's so funny and i have this conversation quite a bit with a lot of my friends because a lot of my friends are not even from la i i like to like i like to be cultured i like to have you no know, people from all over you know so that i can get different perspectives of life you know because mm-hmm. <clears throat> just being in one spot you're you're just going to be closed-minded so i always tell my friends i'm like yo like people really think that LA is very like liberal and free and, and it is to a certain degree, but it is so conservative. It is like, Oh my God. Like, you you know, because like versus like, let's say um, if we're comparing LA to New York, New York, it's like, you have all these different, this melting pot of people, but, but you guys are all, like taking the train you guys all have to interact with one another like no matter what you guys are all like like black white latino asian whatever you guys are coming in contact with one another whether you like it or not you know out here you know it's like it's so spread out everybody's in their little their little area so if you don't want to see this person you don't want to see that person you don't have to you know and like when when people overlap and they go into certain areas you stand out you know and people are like what like what are you doing here you know it's it's it i i experience quite a bit of racism on it on a daily basis in in la i'm really not gonna lie yeah i experience it quite a bit and so do so do my other like brown um brothers and sisters like they we all do it's 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 pretty bad i'm i'm really not gonna lie i'm not gonna sugarcoat the shit anymore like that's crazy mm -hmm. that's crazy because me and my girlfriend we've been talking about wanting to move out to la and create community over there because that's Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. of a there's more latinos like out Mm -hmm. there because we're always no don't get it twisted don't don't get it twisted like because and this is another thing and i want to say this before i forget it because the last time i had an interview i forgot to speak on this and 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 it's not just racism that's coming from white people it's internalized racism as well it's coming from 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 latinos it's coming from black people it's it's bad like i i'll I'll go like that's why i love miami though because you walk into miami everybody's going to speak to you in spanish they're going to like off top they don't even have to ask you here you walk into a latin-owned grocery or something a grocery store you speak to them and especially being like me i'm darker i'm a darker latina you know so if i speak to somebody in spanish they're not going to respond back to me in spanish they will respond back in english Mm. like they won't give me the respect you know and i'm just like what like i experienced this on a constant like constantly like ever since i was little and i'm like wow like i'm not latina enough i'm not black enough like it's like what the like what's happening you know i totally feel you on that so then let's talk about your um, experience as a first generation. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So how was it? How, how was it for you? Because, I mean, like you said, your dad was here. 
um, mm-hmm. to go to school. So I imagine, yeah. like, I'm guessing he like learned so English and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm technically kind of yeah, kind of second generation. Okay. Kind yes. Of, yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. So he um he learned English, you know, going to school here and stuff like that. But um, me growing up and I. I was I was definitely blessed to to go to really really nice schools. I went to private schools, but you know they were all predominantly white, mm. you know, and um, like in particular in high school, um, I went to a really um, awesome school. It's very well known out here in LA. Um, a lot of like little rich kids go there, and like from from industry kids and stuff. Um, but like. I was literally the only brown girl to graduate my graduating year, you know, like in my graduating class, like, and, and it was like, that's, it was bugged out, you know, nobody, like, I like going back to what we were talking about earlier, like, of course, nobody knew what, what Peru was. And it's like, they just thought I was Mexican, you know, and, um, I experienced a lot of just like also like like black racism like oh like do you eat fried chicken and waffles and like I've been called nigga and like you know it's just like what like it's just it growing up in that type of in LA and and as as a person of 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 mixed cultures it was not easy it has not been easy, you know, and, like, dealing with, like, the, the hair culture and, mm. you know, and that and, like, you know, people not understanding my hair texture and people just touching my hair when they, you know, without asking and, um, you know, it was always, it was always interesting. It was always a lot of dealing with a lot of ignorance, you know, and having to put people on. So I feel like, um, once I was able to really like accept who I was and stop fighting against that and like stop trying to fit into be to this like white world and like realize like yo this is who I am like I'm black but I'm um I'm, I'm Peruvian I have dark skin like my hair is this texture like this 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 is this this is the these are the roots that I come from I I finally accepted that and like and I used art to teach, to mm-hmm. teach people. Like, I, that's that's what I want to do. That's what I do with my music, with my painting, with my photography. Like, I'm always trying to put my culture on the map so so people don't, there, there's no excuse. You can't be ignorant when you talk to me anymore. Facts. You know, like, like you, like, I'm, I'm teaching you, you know? So it's like, take, take that in, you know, take it in and, and receive that, you know? So that's, that's pretty much hopefully that like (laughs) so how i mean how did the lack of representation make you feel like how 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 did you um move through life like that Mm -hmm. well you know i always it definitely the lack of representation definitely makes you feel um you know, you, you lose confidence. You, you don't have confidence, you know. So growing up, like, my, my self-esteem was really low, I feel like, 
you know, and you always try to like straighten your hair and fit into what, what was being represented, you know, what was being, you know, um, viewed at, viewed as, as beautiful, you know, um, so that growing up, that was always, it was always hard. It was always really sad and very lonely, you know, um, very, very lonely, not having anyone to relate to, you know, it's like, and then I'm, I'm sure you experienced this too. Like whenever you would meet a Peruvian person, it's like, Oh my God, like your family, like, I can't believe it, you know? And yeah. um, I'm like, not having that feeling or like, you know, like being able to relate to people, um, or things or, you know, things that are movies, music was, it was hard. It was sad. It was like, okay, is something wrong with me? Like what's, what's the problem, you know? Um, but, but like I said, as I got older and I became more secure in my, in my culture and myself, I, I just decided to take that role and become the representation. <laughs> Yo, facts. I feel, I definitely feel you on that. You know, especially looking, you know, mixed. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even with me, like meeting Peruvians, they didn't even believe me that I was Peruvian. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that was the most hurtful part because it's like you're either a super light-skinned Peruvian or you are an indigenous Peruvian. Mm -hmm. So you're like brown, but then you also look como un indio, like yep, indigenous. Yep, yep. But then the light-skinned Peruvians, they still look indigenous, but they're mm -hmm. really light-skinned, almost white passing. And then there's me who's like brown, but I look indigenous, but exactly. then I have curly hair. Exactly. You know, so there exactly. was like no representation for me. None, and then none. my mother, her mother was a black Peruvian. Mm, her father, mm. an indigenous Peruvian. And my mom came out, you know, how a mixed kid would look. She's uh, light skin, very curly hair. Like you, she can't deny her blackness because I can mm -hmm. just throw water at her and her hair will curl back up okay exactly like, she can't deny that and then my dad um he looks like a black peruvian but his mom mm. is indigenous Interesting. and he doesn't he doesn't have that curly hair he has straight hair yeah see that's like my dad like my dad is a lighter skinned indigenous looking man but with straight hair but yeah. his dad is a is a dark skinned Peruvian and his mom was Italian Peruvian. Wow. So I was like yeah, so I'm like, what? <laughs> Yo, yeah. I didn't know like, you know, even when my parents got here, thank God that his friends, my dad's friends from his neighborhood, and he's from Callao too, they all oh. like we all lived within the same block in South Jamaica. Yo, yeah. that's fire. And that's that's pretty much the only connection that I had to Peru because outside of that, my, my neighborhood was all black. So I know wow. more about black culture than I know about Latino culture. Mm, mm. The only La yeah, the only Latino culture is me cleaning to salsa on the weekends. Ooh, wow. That's deep. Yeah. 
we we listen to everything so i can't say you know like how most like right here in queens if you want to go to a latino latino neighborhood you go to jackson heights okay there is pretty much everyone mexicans ecuadorians salvadorians de todo like de todo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right um but i didn't grow up like that mm. where they can be like yeah because i remember salsa did yeah. this for me salsa did that and i'm like well yeah, i listen yeah. to the jackson five and okay, i listen to yeah. james brown you know mm-hmm, so i know mm-hmm. about james brown but i don't know who this other salsa person is unless mm-hmm, i listen to mm-hmm. it los sábados you know and then there was right. risas y salsa i don't know if you ever remember watching that or if your dad has ever no, watched risas y salsa I, yeah i've never heard of that actually. so risas y salsa along with laura in america were the only representation that peru had in the media Mm. With risas y salsas, they are extremely problematic. You can see the different types of like Peruvians, but when it came down to the representation of indigenous Peruvians and black Peruvians, there was definitely a lot of blackface. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of blackface. They were Mm. very raggedy looking. They did not Mm. depict them unless they were in a band playing the cajones. Wow, wow. And for the indigenous, pretty much we had this um, drag queen by the name of uh, La India Chabuca or something like that. Wow, wow. And it was almost comical. And I'm just like, okay. I didn't really know how to feel about it. Mm. But then when they would do like the indigenous skits, that definitely poor and ignorant. Wow, wow. Yep. I have to see this. I've never heard of it. That's deep risas y salsas although you had that comedy which i'm like grateful for but the underlining problem was the colorism and it's crazy how that that crossed that that image of of um, of black and brown people of black and indigenous people to me though black black is indigenous as well those are the aboriginal people of everywhere mm-hmm. but um it's funny how the way that they're depicted is so similar across all countries, you know, and how, you know, they are just like so negatively looked down upon, you yeah. know, and that's the image that they're constantly trying to, to put out there to, to the masses. And to me, I feel like when people try to concentrate on, on that, they're, they're trying to weaken a, a strong, a strong people you know yeah and it's like oh it was definitely very hard for me to Mm. even identify it was almost like i did not want to be peruvian because Mm. that is like all i saw and then the fact that you know people think that you're mexican and i would get so upset so upset because not only did the u.s do a great job at uh, demoralizing Mexicans. Yep. You know, yep. they made them look lazy. 
they made yep. them look like criminals and it was like yep. i did not want to identify that but the reality is that mexicans are the most hard-working people ever they truly are truly you know? they really really are and it was like you either had to be mexican black or puerto rican mm. And mm, since nobody that. ever, not even Peruvians believed that I was Peruvian, so I would say I was Puerto Rican. Wow. I would say I was Puerto Rican because I, brown, curly hair. And mm. since I didn't really look Mexican, it was like a lot easier for people to believe that that is what I was. To just understand that. Wow. Um, yep. Wow, that's powerful. Yep, yep. So I want to also ask you because, you know, art is definitely a big part of who you are Mm. and who you've become. How did you get into art? Well, um, going back to to my mother, you know, my mother being an artist, um, she always um, painted and was sculpting something so she always encouraged me to to paint and she gave me my first camera she gave me my first brush my first canvas everything so um I I pretty I actually started off painting at three I have I have a painting I have some paintings actually from back then and um I ever since then I just like I I just have never stopped I and I continued on and went to to art schools my whole life and and I've never stopped. I've just just kept just kept yeah. going and experimenting and That's and beautiful. seeing where where it took me. How has your art helped you? Oh my gosh, um, it it has healed me through so much. Um, almost every art piece, every photo I take, every song that I make is truly um, me trying to heal myself from something in particular, like some type of emotion, some type of traumatic situation Mm -hmm. that may have happened to me, a breakup, you know, anything. Um, And it's me just channeling that energy into into something else and trying to to heal myself and trying to heal that pain that I'm feeling um, through through whatever I've created. so it has been very, very extraordinarily healing, and um, and it has uh, helped me. It has helped me to teach others. It has helped me to to meet so many other people, amazing, amazing people like you, and 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 other people that I have met in the past years um, that are Peruvian, that are black, that are white, that are Asian. It it has been. Um, a a a beautiful network and a um a universal language if you will that has allowed me to to connect and cross line uh, you know cross lines that i probably would have never have crossed um you know and and it is the to me it's the true history of the world you know i don't i don't really too much go by what what's written in books i go by what is written in stone you know, and um, yeah. that that is our history. You know, art is the history of the world. That's why they try to take it out of public schools. Because no, they don't definitely. want brown people, black and brown people to know about themselves. That's that so true. It. 
that is it. That you know, they don't want them to know their power. They don't want them to know that they were emperors and rulers and had empires and, you know, be covered in gold, you know, that they don't, they don't want us to have these images of ourselves. They want us to have the images like in the Risas y Salsas Yo, and rags and lazy, real. you know, they, that's how they want us to see ourselves and yeah. others to see us by, that way so that they feel comfortable to treat us like dogs. Yep. You know, and yeah. it's, that's that's definitely so true like sometimes i get like really you know like angry when i see things like even from like my own people and how Mm -hmm. you know xenophobic and racist uh we are because like when i end up going to like a museum the first thing that i do is i check out the you know, indigenous exhibits from like different um, countries. And then I start getting like nostalgia and very like emotional because when I get to the Incas, I'm just Mm -hmm. there like thinking like, damn, like I wonder if, you know, the stuff that happened to them didn't happen and they were Mm. still living, not living Uh to this day, like how different will would our world be Mm. it would be wow that that is a beautiful thought honestly and it would be i can't even imagine it i couldn't even imagine it would be so next level yeah (laughs) because like (laughs) honestly yo one of the constant conversations that me and my girlfriend we get into is Mm -hmm. you know like slavery and um the mass destruction of indigenous people and she said something that like resonated with me the reason why slavery worked was because it didn't work with the indigenous people when Mm. they when they came when the colonizers came over they brought along their diseases that's true yep they brought along their diseases they brought along Mm -hmm. you know their bible and all that and that was completely forced but the Mm -hmm. indigenous people fought back Mm -hmm. and they did they end up you know dying not just from like wars but from diseases Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they tried that same shit again with uh slavery and the reason why that worked, it was like, okay, now we have vaccines or we have this. This is how we end up molding them into mm. obeying what we need yep. them to do because we've learned our lesson and it didn't work this way. Yep. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I start to think like, now, what if none of that shit ever happened? would we be as mixed as we are? Would we be elitist when it came to our tribes? Mm, mm. Would we be as open-minded or would we be more closed off to preserve uh, Mm. the identity? Interesting. That is a truly interesting question to pose because it probably would be a it probably would be a combination. 
just like it is now. There would probably be a, a group of people that truly were trying to hang on and keep that the bloodline as pure as possible. And I'm sure there are people that would couldn't help but fall in love with some somebody else. You know, no. like you know, but but who knows how the how it how it would affect the people though then because the 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 standards the way of living the connection to the earth that we had was so much deeper then you know it might have it might have had a different reaction as a whole versus now you know because now we are completely disconnected to to the most high and and nature and the cosmos in the way that we were and and i feel like that has an effect on on us as a people and why we are in such shit basically <laughs> you know what i mean like it's just it's just kind of gone to 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 like sodom and gomorrah yeah Loki. it's just we just just doing just all types of ratchetness yeah. You know, and like, we've just completely forgotten who we are. We've yeah. just completely forgotten, you know, and, and, and that, so I feel like, I hope, I hope that we, if, if that never happened, if we never were colonized, that we wouldn't, we would still remember, you yeah. know, and still be those strong, powerful people that we once were, you know? Yeah. So, um, Let's talk about your feature at uh, Alegria Pero Annex. How was that for you? Oh man, that was that was a powerful a powerful space to be in. You know, going back to not ever, you know, really having representation or ever really just being in an environment where you would meet um, other Peruvians that weren't your family members or that were your age, you know, it was dope to be in a space where of other women, um, women, uh, men that were Peruvian, you know, it was just like, wow, it was so powerful that we're just bringing, bringing themselves and bringing their stories, um, to to that environment and just like building with Connie and hearing her out and seeing her vision and and her work is it was it was it was a beautiful it was a beautiful thing it was truly a beautiful thing and being able to connect and create those those friendships was unforgettable that was that is something that is going to change our community I, I feel like I think that's oh, gonna facts. blow like major like major facts. Connie is 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 a groundbreaking woman truly no really definitely like I've told her time and time again that Alegria Peronex definitely changed my life it did mine too it Absolutely. definitely changed my life even mm -hmm. seeing the <clears throat> the flyer and who she featured yes. on the flyer yes. Yes. It like brought me to tears because I saw my grandma at that flyer, mm. in that flyer. Mm. I saw, I remembered how much my grandma spoke about, you know, not wanting to identify as being a black woman. And mm. it like made me cry because I'm like, yo, that's my grandma accepting, mm. Mm. accepting mm. who she was, mm. you know, and, and it also like helped me, um, understand why my grandma had the view on herself as mm. she did because you know as if 
the U.S. was horrible towards black people during the Jim Crow era, I can only imagine how it was in a third world country. Oh, man. And the things that she had to see and the things she had to endure, of course she's going mm -hmm. to say que hay que levantar la raza and you yeah, needed yeah. to be with like someone lighter and it was just mostly because she did not want us to, to go through the same thing <laughs> she yeah. was trying to survive yep so it, alegría pero next definitely helped me understand my grandma a lot more mm -hmm. you know that is that's beautiful and powerful yep um looking back at everything that you know, you've been through, you know, going mm -hmm. into this elitist school and mm -hmm, finding mm -hmm. yourself. Would you change anything? Oh, no, not for a second. Not for a second. I wouldn't because I wouldn't I wouldn't have I wouldn't be appreciative of where I am right now. You know, and I, it, I don't have a lot. You know, I don't have a lot right now. I am definitely blessed. I am blessed to have a roof over my head, a bed to, that I sleep in, money in my pocket. You know, I am blessed in that on that on that level. But it's like, I feel like if I hadn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't love myself. I wouldn't love myself. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't love this moment. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to have this conversation with you. You know, I I just wouldn't be the person that I am right now and I wouldn't have met the people that I have met I wouldn't have created the things that I have created and I I am honored to have been able to have made it through some of the bullshit and the beautiful you know and and I feel like it is it is it that in itself is a representation of 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 the people that I come from you know, and the people that you come from, Yeah. you know, if what, if I'm, if I can be right here right now and I've gone through what I've gone through, you know, like that should make you feel good. And hearing your story makes me feel good. You know, I, I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not alone. And when I thought I was and, and I'm not, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm thankful for all of those trials and tribulations that I, that I experienced. I, I truly am. I love that answer. I love that. It, I definitely feel the same way. All right, guys, it's time for that one piece. Not to be confused with that wildly popular anime that we all know and love. This is the uh -huh. one piece of advice you would give Monkey to a younger <laughs> you. Yep. So let's start with you, Bianca. What piece of advice would you give to a younger you? Oh, be nice. Be nice to young Bianca. Be nice. Don't don't be so hard on her. That's that's what I would say. Don't be so hard because she's she's a lot. She's a lot cooler and confident than than she thought she was, <laughs> and she has a lot more to offer than she thought. And that's. That's probably what I would say. Just keep your head high and don't don't let anybody stop you. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you for this space and this opportunity and being able to, to talk to you and hear your story. And this platform that you're creating is 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 beautiful. It's powerful. I am I am blessed to know you and to have been a part of it truly. 
like this was very healing for me today I didn't even know what what I was going to expect you know <laughs> coming Yo. into it at all and and but this was very very healing for me and I'm, I'm thankful I'm thankful to you Yo, thank you so much for saying that because, yo, last night I was just talking to Kat Lasso about this and I was like, Mm. girl, like I'm going through like imposter syndrome and I get like that every time I create, like I interview someone and I start to say like these things to myself, like I'm not good enough. What are you doing? I hate the sound of my voice. Who do you think you are? You didn't go to college for this. You know, like no one is going to listen to you. And then I'm just like, you need to relax and just do what you gotta do. You know, like I I talk to myself, like you are interviewing your friend relax and just and just know that you're not the only one that goes through those processes either like i me too anytime i do something i literally have a straight nervous breakdown like i was talking to connie about this too she was like girl i have been going through it you know like it that is and to me those are signs that you're a true artist you're truly doing what you're supposed to be doing you you know because it's it's like you know you're not so you're humble you know you're humble and you're but but you're still you want it to be right and you want it you want you want to get your your voice across you know and like so don't think that that you're not that you're not doing that because you're you're dope like what you're doing is is awesome and like going having those thoughts are that's so normal but just know in the end you're you're gonna kill it and your voice is sounds popping (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for that i really really appreciate that so guys at this time i'd like to highlight some dope people who are doing amazing work in our communities let's give a big year to amy kichis founder of veggie mijas Amy Kichis graduated from Syracuse University with a bachelor degree in women's and gender studies while minoring in sociology in 2017. Throughout her college career, she has been known for her commitment to continuously bring awareness to the Latinx community and fighting against gender violence, sexual assault, gender, and sexual inequality, queer discrimination, and racial issues. After finishing her degree, Amy has worked with Planned Parenthood of New York City and has done educational work in detention centers against domestic violence, nonprofit organizations, and other grassroots community outreach work, specifically with the Afro-Latinx and Latinx community. Amy also articulates theories and personal experiences into writing pieces that cover various topics such as whiteness, radical self-love for brown girls, veganism, and brownness, mental disabilities in the Latinx household, Latinx body issues, borderland and um, identity, and radical queer love. Her work has been recognized by numerous platforms such as ID, Bon Appetit Magazine, Veg News, Bustle, and has written for Self Magazine and other platforms. Amy has gained the opportunity to voice her work beyond social media. She has had the chance to be invited to numerous universities such as University of California, Santa Barbara, Southern Connecticut State University, Purchase College, and NYU. 
Topics can range from mental health, sexual assault, and food justice, specifically with her founding collective, Veggie Mijas, a woman of color collective that highlights the importance of veganism through the lens of those marginalized identities. Amy is currently in NYU receiving her master's degree in global affairs, concentrating on global gender studies. You can find Amy on IG under I'm secretly a cat and veggie mijas. Okay, guys, we've reached the end of this episode, but before I bid you all adieu, I want to pose a question to you all, mi gente. This week, I want to ask, oye mi gente, when was the last time you can remember feeling totally at peace? Piénsalo. Feel free to leave your insight and answers in the comment and review sections. Please, I really want to know your answers. I want to give a big thank you to Bianca for everything she's doing with her art. It's extremely refreshing to see people who look like me accomplishing great things. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys, this is it for this week's episode. Remember to follow us at OMG Podcast on IG. We're available on all your favorite streaming platforms. And be sure to subscribe and leave us all a comment in the review section. Also follow at Deacon Media on IG. And if you want to know more about the Deacon Media Network and what we do, you can check out the entire Deacon Media family on DeaconMedia.com. And you can follow Bianca at, give us our information. At Peruvian Do-Rags. Follow me on IG on at Peruvian Do-Rags. Um, at Peruvian Do-Rags with a Z on Twitter. And then all my music is streaming on all platforms. You heard it here, guys. Ciao.